Welcome to Canadian Crime Chicks. This podcast is intended for mature audiences and features coarse language. This episode covers an obsession with a corpse and features descriptions of indignity to human remains, grave robbing, and a lesson in every kind of necrophile. If you are not offended or disturbed by any of these topics, you are ready for Canadian Crime Chicks. Hey girl, hey! Hey girl, hey! How's it going? Going good, how are you? Good. How's your uh, week going so far? Oh my god, it's going amazing. So, you're gonna think I'm a complete idiot for this, but I just had my first toasted peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like, super fucking baked the other day, and it was like the best thing ever. I've never had a toasted peanut butter and jelly. Oh my gosh, you have to toast it. Okay, here's, okay, two, two <laughs> unpopular opinions, possibly, about peanut butter and toast. So I have to, if I'm having peanut butter toast, I have to put margarine on the toast first and then peanut butter. It's so good. But also, how do you store your peanut butter, Brittany? In the cupboard? I put mine in the fridge. Okay. No, that's not how it goes. So my husband used to be a cupboard person like you are. And I, one day it was like, he's like, he stayed at my house once and he's like, where's your peanut butter? I'm like, in the fucking fridge. Like I looked at him like he had three heads and he's like, what do you mean? It's in the fridge. I'm like, I keep my peanut butter in the fridge. And he's like, you're supposed to keep it in the cupboard. I'm like, no, you're supposed to keep it in the fridge. He's like, I don't think that'll be very good. And he tried my peanut butter and he said it changed his life. No, I feel mm-hmm. like, cause I really like it when the peanut butter melts on that nice hot toast, fresh out of the toaster. I don't know, man. Cold I peanut butter. Like it have the same effect. Oh, it's so good. I'm sorry, but peanut butter from the fridge is so much better than peanut butter from the cupboard. It's the hill I'm willing to die on. Well, shit. I'm going <laughs> to have to try it out. <laughs> Buy a little jar of peanut butter and put it in the fridge. I swear, I promise it'll change your life. It's my favorite. I, I don't know. I had a roommate one time who put peanut butter in the fridge and I was like, this is fucking weird. And she's like, where I come from, this is normal. I'm like, okay. And I tried it and then I loved it. So now peanut butter lives in the fridge. <laughs> okay. Now I have to try that next time I buy peanut butter. Yeah. Love it. It's probably an unpopular opinion, but it's, you know, just how it is. <laughs> we want to hear your opinion. Do you, do you store peanut butter in the cupboard or do you store it in the fridge? Email yeah. us and let us know. Or, or to, you know, come on our Facebook page or, or tell us on Instagram, hashtag peanut butter, hashtag, you know, fridge hashtag <laughs> i want to fucking know i want to know yes yeah i want to know i need to know we need an official poll from our our fans yes i definitely agree <laughs> uh, so Brittany, who are we talking about this week we are talking about carl tanzler Ooh, carl tanzler he's also known as count carl von kossel he was a German-born radiology technician, and he served in the Marine Hospital Service in Florida. All of a sudden, one day, he got super hyper-obsessed with a patient that was in the hospital. Her name was Elena. She had tuberculosis, and she was at the hospital that he worked at, and he met her, and he fell in love. I was reading about some of the stuff he did while she was in the hospital. And he had said that he had seen her in his dreams and that he had visions of her. 
and just knew that he needed to be with her. And it, it was just very odd to her, but he gave her like gifts, jewelry, clothing, told her he loved her and was like obsessed with her while she was in the hospital dying, mind you, from tuberculosis. That's wild. So he basically became obsessed with her because he seen her in his dreams, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. He was like obsessed with her and said that he's had dreams about her and visions of her and just knew that he needed to be with her. He was obsessed and he sent gifts to the hospital, sent gifts to her home, made her promises. Like he, he basically said, you know, I'll pay for anything. I don't care. I'm going to put all my love and all my energy into this woman. I don't know if she's reciprocating or not. He's kind of a weirdo, a little bit, you know, eccentric. He came from Germany. He, you know, emigrated to the United States He went by this count's name sometimes. And it's very interesting because he grew up in Imperial Germany. So basically he lived in Germany pre-World War I is where he lived. And then once the war hit, he kind of started going around and, and doing different things. And he ended up in Australia for a little while. And that was during World War I. And then he eventually made his way to the United States and worked in this hospital. And he was really well known. He kind of did his own thing. More or less, he got married. He had two kids. One of his children died from a disease when she was 10 years old. She got diphtheria, essentially. So for those of you who don't know what that is, it's like a bacteria infection. And uh, most people who got it back then, they died because they didn't know how to fix it. They didn't have the medication back then. That's sad. Yeah, it's really, really sad. And and it causes a lot of issues with your airways and your breathing. And it's really an unfortunate way to die. So she was 10 years old when she died, which is really sad. But her sister lived a long life. And, um, you know, she kind of, they did their own thing. They lived in the United States. They lived in Germany. They spent some time in Cuba and then they came back to Florida and that's where he lived. He kind of had this lifelong obsession with women who looked like Elena. He was very thrilled with women who had dark hair and he really liked the exotic look as he described it. So women, women of color, he really admired women of color and he found that very intriguing, very sexy. So he had a type and then he met. Elena and he fell in love with this girl. This is about to get wild, you guys. It (laughs) is about to get wild. Like, this is a whole new level of crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, Elena was married. She was a married woman and she got tuberculosis. She went into the hospital and basically, Carl got obsessed with her. He's going to help cure her and he's trying all these different medications and x-rays and trying all these new things. None of it worked. Elena died. She died of tuberculosis at home because Carl made sure she had the best medical care at home. He wanted the best for his love. He was like all up in that shit, which is fucking weird. Don't you think? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like super sweet that he just wants to take care of her. But also she's married. Her husband's standing by. What is he thinking? How's he feeling in all of this? He's like, 
what the fuck some old dude's obsessed with my wife like I think that's probably a little bit inappropriate to me but what do I know (laughs) I mean okay you're not wrong there (laughs) so when Elena died Carl paid for her funeral and he also built an above ground mausoleum for her and he visited every night He visited every night. So she died in 1931. In April of 1933, Carl decided he was going to take her body home. That's what he did. He removed her interred body from the mausoleum. He put her on a little wagon and carried her home. He said that, you know, her ghost would come to him and would sing to him her favorite songs in Spanish. And he said that she told him she wanted to be with him so that he needed to take her home. So that's what he did. He taxidermied her in a way. He took piano wire and he sutured the bones together so that she would stay intact. He got glass eyes made that matched hers He had them apparently hand-painted by someone. He had described them to this person because he had spent so much time staring into her eyes, he said. That is so freaking creepy. I also read that as her skin decomposed, he actually replaced it with silk cloth soaked in wax and, and plaster of Paris. That's so weird. So he basically made like a cast with her skin and silk to make it look like her again. And of course, like her hair has fallen out. So he made a wig of her hair that he had crafted together. So all the hair on her was her own hair. And he stuffed her and made sure that she was basically in her original form. He like dressed her up. He put clothes on her used a lot of perfume and disinfectants and used some like embalming fluid and different things to kind of preserve her for as long as he could and stop the decomposition process. Cause basically what decomposition is, is heat and moisture. So he tried to keep her as dry as possible and, and basically slow down decomposition so he could have more time with her. So fucking weird. He actually tried, he had a, he mapped out a whole freaking plan that he was going to launch her up into space because he read that if he did this, it would be like some type of resurrection and a reincarnation and would bring her back to life. He's in another fucking planet, this guy. You know, he had all these thoughts that she's going to come back from the dead and he kept her in his bed. He slept with her body in his bed. Okay. So he's having dreams of her that she's coming to him and telling him things. And having dreams that she's happy where she is and like having these these visions of her spirit or whatever and he's sleeping next to her hoping she'll wake up like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like that's not gonna happen so he had her in his bed for seven fucking years seven years before somebody caught on to this happening and so Elena's sister in 1940 heard that he was sleeping with her body and he, she, she showed up at his house. 
like rightfully so i'd show up at his house and be like what the fuck are you doing yeah it'd be like um this is what i heard is this fucking true yeah and so she she pushed past him she's like he he's like i don't know what you're talking about like tried to get her to go away and she busted in the house she's like i ain't fucking going nowhere i've heard rumors she heard from a neighbor that he was taking her and dancing with her so he was holding up her her corpse and dancing with her corpse in the living room oh my fucking god this is a whole new type of necrophiliac it's like weird is weird as fuck so she went in there and and saw this body and she she busted out of there she phoned the 50 she's like everybody get down here so he got arrested and they threw him into a mental institution right away they were like you sound crazy so they put him in a mental institution and did a full workup on this guy. They did all the tests in the book at the time. They examined him. Several different psychologists and psychiatrists talked to him. And he was deemed mentally competent to stand trial. They were like, yep, this guy's fine. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah, you might want to double check that. He kept a uh, dead woman in his home for seven years. Yeah, because Elena hasn't already suffered enough humiliation in the afterlife the medical examiner's office puts her body on public display so that everyone can see this silk glass-eyed corpse of this woman and 6,800 people came to the funeral home while it was there so that they could see it that's so disrespectful to Mm -hmm. to her you know what I mean yeah like she's not not a person to be put on showcase no she deserves like a proper burial and to be properly respected like any other person who has passed away yeah so while this is all going on carl has a court case and they drop the court case they basically say that the statute of limitations for you know digging up a corpse and mishandling human remains has expired it's long gone like i think it was like five years at the time and by this time it's almost eight years so it's expired they choose to drop the charges. Super. So while this is going on, her family is like, what do we do? What do we do? So they ended up taking her remains and burying her somewhere else in an unmarked grave so that he couldn't tamper with her again. And she actually uh, remains at that unmarked grave to this day, too. Yeah, which is really sad because, like, you know, she doesn't really deserve to be hiding from him even in her death. You know, well, yeah, and and people really romanticized what Carl was doing because he was so obsessed with her and he loved her and blah 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 blah. And it's like I don't know, I don't see that as eccentric or romantic. I see that as fucking weird and creepy. It is weird and creepy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they basically start kind of watching Carl and keeping an eye on him because people are saying, you know, he's up to something else. He's up to other things. You know, people are saying, well, maybe he had two Elenas. Maybe he made a second body. Maybe he something else happened. And so people kind of kept an eye on him. And he was known to kind of be a recluse after this point. He basically made an effigy to her. He made pictures of her and put them up in his house and made his house into like a shrine for her. And he kept the windows closed and he basically stayed in the house for the remainder of most of his life. People talked about him for a long time. You know, people basically said that he did this and he did that. 
And there was rumors that he had actually poisoned Elena so that he could keep her forever because she didn't want to be with him and she was getting better and she was going to leave the hospital or leave the home and not talk to him anymore. So he poisoned her and there's all these different stories that are going around and it's, it's fucking bananas. That's wow. That's like a whole new. Yeah. Like what's psychotic. So when he died, people wrote articles about him and, and said different things about him and, and kind of made different references to him in different writings. And two of the people that autopsied Elena came forward and said that there was kind of some further information about what he had done to her corpse and mm. kind of talked about it a little bit more. And they said that he had actually inserted a tube where her vagina should be so that he could have intercourse with a dead body. Oh, that is so <laughs> gross. That is just so nasty. And it's like he was that in love with her. He thought that he was having the real deal with her. And like, I just, I can't understand how he was found mentally competent for one. But for two, it's like how that went on for so, like, seven freaking years. Seven years he had her body. And, you know, people believed that he maybe had made a replica or had kept some of things so that he could basically have an effigy to her no matter what. So essentially he basically kind of like created a shrine for her. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he had the shrine in his house for her after she was gone and, and he wasn't allowed to see her anymore. And, you know, he would still go to the mausoleum that he had built for her and he would still hang out there and he would go there every, every day and then spend the rest of his time in his house alone. And, it just to his death. So he he did that. That was in the 40s when he got found out. He didn't die till 1952. So he spent 12 more years obsessing over this woman. That's wild. The ending sounds like a romantic love story. Like a husband just misses his wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he like he's some fucking random creepy dude who's obsessing over a girl. That's what makes it creepy. Whereas like if you didn't know the backstory, it would just seem like a husband lost his wife and he misses her very much. Yeah. And then you get to know the backstory and you're like, okay, the fuck? It was reported that in the last years of his life, he said he was very much looking forward to seeing Elena again because he was convinced they were going to be together in the afterlife. Aww. And I'm just like... Super creepy, but also super sweet. (laughs) Girls, girls, you know, if you're listening and you're saying, look at yourself, I like Carl, I guess. Till death, don't you part, you know? It just seemed to me like he was fucking obsessed. It's not healthy to be that obsessed with somebody. I can understand loving somebody and, and being faithful to them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like what he was doing is just like unreal. It was not it was not sane. No, no. And and like no normal human being behaves that way. I'm so sorry, but that's some weird shit. Isn't it? <laughs> isn't it though it's like what i just i don't understand and you know like i i don't know about you but like i don't like to be cold i don't like to be cold i like to be warm i like to be in my warm bed at night like you're laying next to a a corpse like that's a cold dead body like what about that is inviting to you i'm not sure i understand no sad oh absolutely smell like oh my god could you imagine the smell, dude? 
Oh, so disgusting. I guess he actually had to keep spraying like copious amounts of like perfume and stuff like that to get rid of the smell. Why and why? It's one of those things. It's it's just yeah, I don't know. I don't have words for it. I I really struggle to understand any of it. It's just like I've I've been in love before. I, you know, have been crazy about a person or you know, you get that like initial you know, first kiss, excitement, that sort of thing. Eventually that wears off for a person and you still love them, but you're not like obsessed with them like you were in the very, very, very beginning, right? You know, over time you spend time with a person and you grow very fond of them and they're very endeared to you, whatever. I don't know, he met this lady and obsessed over her for her very short period of time. And then he had her body for seven years. He actually spent more time with her deceased body than he did with her in this life. I honestly, this story is makes me lost for words. Like, I honestly, I don't know what to say. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's really, I was trying to understand what causes a person to to be an, a necrophile. What what does that mean? Like, why, why would you want to do that? You know, I, I really just was, very interested to understand why why does somebody have an interest in this what creates this basically you know there's a lot of history as to why necrophilia is the way that it is kind of where it started and the first ever kind of documented practice of it was in ancient egypt and there was this guy he basically would killed women on purpose beautiful women on purpose to decay and then have sex with them as like a haha i did this kind of thing that's so nasty yeah yeah and it's just weird oh my god like their skin just like falling off as you're like grabbing (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah it's just so weird so i was very interested in how it works and there's like different classifications of necrophiles. I didn't know this. I didn't know that there was, you know, several different kinds. There's like a lot. There's like 10. There's 10 different types of necrophilia that exist. And I was like, super, uh, that's exciting. And so I was like, there's classifications. And then there's categories. And I was like, what the fuck? So they've done like extensive research on this. And it was just, it was very interesting to me. Like some people, it's a role-playing thing. Some people, it's a romance thing. Some people, it's a fantasy thing. Some people, it's actually tactile. They want to touch dead bodies. Some people, it's actually like a fetish where they just want to look at dead bodies. I mean, I've always wanted to find a dead body just going on a hike. And not, I mean, okay, okay, it's kind of fascinating, but like... I don't know. It's just like a thing, just something exciting. You know what I mean? Not because like I want to see a dead body, but it would just be nice. I don't know, guys. <laughs> it would be. It, 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 it's interesting to uh, like. It's very interesting, and I'll leave it at that. It but, is. <laughs> you know, it it is. It, it, it's interesting, but these people, it's like the the next class, basically people who just who derive pleasure from mutilating a corpse. They just want to mutilate people. That's just how they feel about it. The next class is people who are just opportunistic. They just have no interest in it, but it comes up. I don't know how the fuck it comes up because it's never come up in my life, but there's such a thing as 
opportunistic necrophiliacs. The next type of, of necrophilia is regular necrophiliacs, which means they just prefer that. That's what they want. They don't want to have sex with living people. They want to have sex with dead people. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a next class. It's called the homicidal necrophiliac. And that's basically someone who just wants to murder someone and have sex with them because that's what they like to do. And then the final type, the class 10 necrophiliac is exclusive necrophilia, where they will never, they will never have sex with a living person because they cannot, they cannot perform with a living person, only a deceased person. Oh, <laughs> and so it's so weird. And like, so, you know, Carl fits into what's called the category B type necrophilia, which is a cold preservative necrophiliac, someone who wants to keep the body they want to keep that body they want to spend time with it they want to obsess over it and basically have have time with them um jeffrey dahmer and ted bundy they are what's called the category a type which is a cold or destructive type so they just want to fuck things up you know and then there's type c which is warm and destructive so they want to fuck things up but they don't care if the person's dead they just basically like to do it there's the warm preservative, which is category D. So those are ones who actually just want to keep the corpse for as long as they can and keep it warm, which is so weird. Um, dabblers of it, which is like someone like Richard Ramirez. Um, category F would be just like impulsivity. They just randomly do it for no reason other than they just decide to do it. There's category G, which is the exclusives. And then category H, which is the ones that are like the ones that are into it for sex. Um, so, and people who believe that they're vampires, <laughs> which is the last one though, <laughs> people who actually believe they're vampires. I wasn't expecting that. That totally caught me off guard. I just, you said it's so casual and the people who think they're vampires. <laughs> <laughs> there are people out there who believe they're vampires and I believe that they believe that they're vampires. <laughs> that is the story of Carl Tanzler. <laughs> Hope you liked it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Canadian Crime Chicks. Follow at Can Crime Chicks on Twitter to vote on polls. This week, we are asking if you keep your peanut butter in the cupboard or in the fridge. Follow at Canadian Crime Chicks on Instagram to hear about future episodes. If you have a crime you want to hear about or a crime you want to talk about, email CanadianCrimeChicks at gmail.com. Spread the word about Canadian Crime Chicks. Rate and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Music is Anxiety by Kai Angle. Produced by David Johnson. New episodes every Saturday.